Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Wednesday, January 10th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Illinois Democratic Congressman Mike Quigley remembers a startling moment from the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol three years ago. There was an announcement in the House chambers. Protesters have reached statutory hall. Tear gas has been released. So please put your tear gas mask on. Everybody goes, what tear gas mask? Coming up, reporter Mawa Iqbal speaks with Quigley about his memories of that day. Public safety officials in St. Louis are marking progress against crime since Mayor Tashara Jones took office in April 2021. They are also acknowledging more needs to be done. St. Louis Public Radio's Lucretia Wembley reports. City officials say they're proud of the work accomplished over the last three years. Efforts include the creation of the Office of Violence Prevention and hiring the city's first police chief from outside the region one year ago. City leaders say they are also investing over $40 million in road construction across the city. They will also focus on some of the city's most underserved neighborhoods with $287 million in American Rescue Plan funds. Mayor Jones says homicides have decreased by 40 percent since 2020, but she says the violence hits close to home. I have lost four family members to gun violence since I became mayor in 2021, three of them regionally. We still have a great deal of work to do. Road construction is expected to begin later this year. I'm Lucretia Wembley, St. Louis Public Radio. The chief of St. Louis Police says disciplinary action is possible for the officers who crashed into a Carondelet neighborhood bar last month. Robert Tracy says an officer admitted fault shortly after the crash at Bar PM and will be held accountable. Tracy also apologized in his first public comments about the incident. I feel bad and I'm sorry that, that their establishment got hit and they got the damage that, they, that happened to that place. Nobody wants to see that. There is remorse about that because our actions affect people and look at the way it's affected people. And then afterwards, you know, there's high tensions. A bar co-owner is accused of shoving an officer and is facing charges. His attorney wants those counts dropped. A Republican legislator has reintroduced a bill that would allow concealed carry permit holders in Missouri to take firearms on public transportation. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, the proposal is receiving pushback from Democrats and transportation organizations. The bill in question, which passed the House chamber last session but died in the Senate, would allow concealed carry permit holders to bring their guns onto buses and other public transportation. Representative Adam Schnelting, the bill's sponsor, says he believes it will make public transportation safer. However, House Democrats on the General Laws Committee challenged the legislation, including Representative Peter Meredith of St. Louis, who says he has yet to meet a constituent of his who supports firearms on public transportation. Every one of them says, no, that sounds like a terrible idea. I might be less likely to ride a bus. The bill would also repeal the prohibition on the concealed carrying of firearms in places of worship and lower the age requirement for a concealed carry permit from 19 to 18. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Shalonda Webb will again serve as chairwoman of the St. Louis County Council. Members voted Webb as chair last night. Councilman Ernie Trakus nominated and voted for Dennis Hancock. The council also approved Ritta Heard days to serve as vice chair, succeeding Mark Harder. Trachis and Councilwoman Lisa Clancy voted for Hancock. Chair positions last one year. County Councilwoman Kelly Dunaway says the fallout from the COVID-19 pandemic 
is a big factor in her decision not to run for re-election. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports. Dunaway represents North and Northwest St. Louis County on the council. She says one of the reasons she's not running again is because she became disenchanted with the political firestorm around the COVID-19 pandemic. The Chesterfield Democrat also notes that the pandemic sparked dissension between Democratic members of the council over occupancy restrictions and mask mandates. There was a real rift between the Democrats. And that I found to be very painful, too, because I, for me, I was standing up for saving lives. Dunaway will serve through the end of the year. Her seat is heavily Democratic, so whoever wins the August primary will likely succeed her on the council. I'm Jason Merzenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Dunaway is a guest on Politically Speaking. The episode is at stlpr.org. St. Louis has sent a cease and desist letter to a company planning to use drones to reduce crime in the Gravois Park neighborhood. The city says the D.C.-based company will not be able to use the technology until it obtains a permit. The company's leader tells the Post-Dispatch that the letter contradicts state and federal filming regulations. City officials say there is a nearly 90-year-old Missouri law banning flights that disturb area property owners. Gravois Park residents have privacy concerns about the plan. The drones are supposed to be in the air by the end of the month. Armed supporters of Donald Trump and right-wing extremists stormed the U.S. Capitol building three years ago to prevent the certification of the 2020 presidential election. Democratic Congressman from Illinois Mike Quigley was there. Reporter Mawa Iqbal spoke with Quigley about that chaotic day and how it may affect the upcoming presidential election. Congressman Mike Quigley says even the night before the attack on the Capitol was ominous. He remembers it being unseasonably warm, so he says he rode his bike around the Capitol grounds. I stopped and occasionally walked my bike because these, these moops were hanging out. They were semi-camping on the, on the grounds. And uh, you could hear them. And what, they were earshot of Capitol Police. And I was like, did you hear that? Uh, you know, they were going to lynch the vice president. They were going to build a gallows. They, they were going to take over. The next morning, as he was heading into the House chamber, he looked out of a window onto the grounds, where he saw a huge crowd of people who were carrying Trump flags and Confederate flags. And I saw three Capitol Police, and all they had on was baseball caps. And I, I still have the text. I said, we may not have enough security. And my comms director, we still have it, wrote back, well, at least you're in the Capitol where you know you're safe. But Quigley and his colleagues began their work counting the electoral votes to certify President Biden's victory over former President Trump. When all of a sudden, Quigley sees House leadership being whisked away off of the floor. Then the chairman of the House Rules Committee read an announcement saying, Protesters, I've reached statutory hall. Tear gas has been released, so please put your tear gas mask on. Everybody goes, what tear gas mask? Quigley remembers hearing chaos all around with tear gas canisters bursting, people screaming, and then a gunshot to his left. What does it say that I'm waiting for the National Guard so that I can go back and vote on the peaceful transition of power in the world's most important democracy? Quigley says he's worried that many people's perceptions about what really happened on January 6th have changed for the worse. According to a recent Washington Post-University of Maryland poll, 
Only 14% of Republicans now believe Trump bears responsibility for the insurrection. That's half as many Republicans that held him responsible in 2021. More Republicans also don't believe that the attack on the Capitol was violent. And Quigley says that doesn't bode well for this year's elections. If it could get that bad, what, what's possible now with a man who seems even more desperate, more despotic? There are efforts in at least two dozen states, including Illinois, challenging Trump's eligibility to run for office, citing his participation in an insurrection. The U.S. Supreme Court announced yesterday it will consider whether states can remove Trump from the ballot. Yet Quigley says he's also worried about voter safety and access at the polls. He fears the rise in extremism will put the electoral process under threat. Again, there's an acceptance of uh, violence condoned and encouraged and incited by President Trump. And Quigley is concerned that kind of violence could even erupt here during the Democratic National Convention in August. So he's working now to secure an additional $25 million to bolster security. I'm Mawa Iqbal. Mawa is a public radio reporter at the Illinois Legislature. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.